uh, if you would turn to the book of Second Corinthians, uh, chapter number four, and I want to look at a couple of verses here, and I think it'd be an encouragement to you. And uh, not knowing even the, even the songs that were being selected uh, today, to me, I, I know that God is already in the service, and how God's fitting everything together for us to uh, really get a meal. I think that's going to be somewhat agreeable. Uh, it, it's interesting. I had a, I had a cheeseburger last night. And I had no idea that a pineapple uh, and a cheeseburger uh, fried together on the grill actually tastes pretty good together. We put some green chili on top of that thing and some cheese on top of that thing and some onions uh, with, right between a toasted roll. And that thing was like four inches thick. And, man, it was good. But all that just kind of kind of work together, uh, amen, to make a good meal. And, uh, and that's how I feel like the service is today. Everything kind of is all fitting together for us to really get a good meal from heaven. And, uh, and I appreciate what the Lord does supernaturally to put all these together, and I do appreciate that. If you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll read a couple of verses and then move through some principles and, uh, and work through this subject here, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Look in verse number one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, watch this phrase here, we faint not. Now look down at verse number 16, if you would. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You pray with me and for me this morning. Father, we thank you that we have been given the opportunity to teach and preach the word of God today. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your people have come together. Uh, Lord, many have uh, come online, and we thank you, Lord, for that. And Lord, while our hearts are heavy, our hearts are also lifted with joy because of the eternal weight of glory that waits us. I do pray that you bless your people. Help us, Lord, not to lose heart. I pray your people would be encouraged in the scripture today. Thank you, Lord, for the song that we sang, Constantly Abiding. Thank you, Lord, for the song that we sang, Until Then. Uh, Lord, blessings, Lord, of just singing these songs, the meaning of these songs, Lord, as we worship you. But, Lord, as we come together for the reading and the preaching of your word, I pray, God, for souls to come to know you as Savior. And for those that are saved, Lord, to be encouraged, to continue on. Thank you, Lord, that we've been given this opportunity. I pray that you would bless in a very special way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't lose heart. And I don't think anyone here uh, is logging on today and hoping and praying that uh, someone would say something for you to lose heart. I think all of us are here today because we want to be encouraged and nobody has come here today with the idea that, boy, I just can't get, can't wait to get the wind knocked out of me. And, and, uh, and, 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 but no, we're looking for the opposite. We're wanting to be encouraged. We wanted to be strengthened. And, uh, we're looking, uh, to get some help. And I know I am, uh, to be encouraged in the, and by the way, the world, the, the world that is filled with hopelessness is not helping us in our hope. And if you look at the political turmoil in this world and the, the COVID-19 that uh, has uh, uh, invaded bodies and the geopolitical issues, I mean, it's filled with discouragement and defeat. And the world is full of that. And the sorrow of the world affects the joy of the child of God. The sorrow of the world affects us. But the Bible provides for uh, uh, us a way for us to live a life that we can indeed live without losing heart. Uh, without, as the Bible uses the phrase, fainting. And so in this text, Paul lays out, I believe, some incredible principles that will enable us uh, to be able to be encouraged and be able to finish our race as the Apostle Paul did and be able to lay down, if you would, his, his sword and, and be into the presence of God and say with confidence, I have finished 
my course. And that is all of our desire uh, today, that we would finish our course, that we would finish our course with joy, that we would finish our course on the winning side. And so the word fate here is used two times in this chapter. If you would look in verse number one, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received what? Mercy, we faint not. Now look in verse number 16. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed uh, day by day. So interestingly, Paul says here that we, okay, faint not. We're not fainting. We're not quitting. Uh, We're not losing heart. In fact, the word faint means weak. Uh, the word faint means inclined to swoon, weak as, as fatigue, as feeble, uh, as exhausted, weak as, 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 uh, as one that is, uh, uh, is, is, is cowardly and faint that, uh, that you're feeble. You're not vigorous anymore. You're not active anymore. I'm just reading the 1828 uh, definition of the dictionary. But it's interesting that Paul says we're not fainting. Uh, we're, we're, we're not quitting. And, and I compared that verse there in 2 Corinthians 4 to a verse back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 20. And here's what it says in Deuteronomy 20 and verse number 3. And, of course, he's speaking about the battle that's going to come to uh, Israel. Here's what he says. And shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto a battle against your enemies. And here's what he says. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. Very interesting phrase. So he says, don't let your heart faint. Why? Because fainting is connected to fear. Fainting is connected to trembling and fainting is connected to terror. And so here's the idea here. Paul says we faint not. What is fainting? Fainting is losing heart. And so the, 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 the title today is purpose because it's, it's don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. So when you begin to uh, chase the world's uh, uh, fame and, and uh, you begin to, if you would, look at the Bible, you, you start getting a picture of, of what this word faint means. And it literally, it, it means you're not losing your mind, you're not losing your heart, you're, you're staying in the fight. I want to spend some time on this because this verse right here back in 2 Corinthians 4 uh, is, is interesting to me because when life gets discouraging, when life gets you down, uh, you can go to texts like this and say, I don't have to quit. I don't have to throw in the towel. I, I don't have to uh, give up. And so here's this interesting statement in verse number uh, four and verse number 16. This phrase here, we faint not. <laughs> now, it's an amazing statement, by the way. And I'm looking at this. It, it, it's, it's not a puffed up statement. He's not being prideful when he's saying this. And, uh, and Paul's telling us, regardless of what is coming, he does not want to give up. He does not want to give in. He does not want to give out. He does not want to lose heart. And he's confidently saying that we faint not. Now, that is not easy to say. I got to say that. This is not easy to say. In fact, it would be much easier to say this than it would be to live this. Think about this. Think about all the things that you and I can lose heart over. Our family. We can lose heart over family. Uh, family can break your heart. Uh, extended family can break your heart. Finances can break your heart. Uh, your, your, your own sicknesses that invade your body, they have a way of breaking you down. Uh, and I, I've, I've echoed this, and I think others have already experienced this, uh, being already past COVID myself, at least on this round, uh, how demonic that thing was. 
how dark that was and how, how, how many times it was like, where is God through all this? It, it, it was one of those sicknesses I've never experienced before. And many of you that are watching that have already gone through it, I think you all would agree. It was brutal and it may not be brutal for everyone, but it was brutal. Uh, it was dark and, 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 and trials and sicknesses and death. It is easy to come to a place where you're just ready to give up and I'm done. And it seems to me that when you read the Bible, Paul's saying with confidence, not with a cocky statement, not with a, he's not bragging, he's not puffed up, he's not full of pride. He's simply making a statement here that I will not faint. I'm not giving up. How could he say that? How, how could he be so confident in that spiritual truth that he's saying, I'm not giving up? And I, I think he has discovered something, and I'm not trying to say this is a mystery. I'm not saying this is some type of key here, but I believe there's a spiritual principle that he followed that enabled him, even in discouraging times in the midst of very difficult circumstances, that he would not quit. And by the way, Paul's life was, eh, Paul's life was anything but easy. I mean, he did not have an easy ministry. Consider a couple of passages. Go back a couple of passages to uh, chapter 8 in verse, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse number 8. Watch what it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 8. For we would not, brethren, watch this. Just, just make a left there. Go back there and see this. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our what? Trouble. <laughs> I mean, talk about a ministry uh, definition. Trouble. If you talk to Paul, how's your ministry? Well, we have trouble. Which came to us in Asia that we were, watch this phrase here, pressed out of measure. What does that mean? He was given more than he could physically handle. He was, pre- see, people say, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle. Yes, he will. He's doing it here with Paul. He's pressed out of measure. It was too heavy for him. Uh, it, it's invariably when you go to a gym and you, you get that one kid, it's usually about a 10th grader or 11th grader comes to the gym. He thinks he's Mr. You know, Arnold and he gets under 300 pounds of weight. And you know how it is. He, oh, hey, 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 come over and spot me. And I'm looking, this that's not good. And, uh, and so it, it's funny watching these guys try to do it, you know, and they get under that weight and they, it's not actually funny. It's actually dangerous. And they put the weight down on their chest and it's not coming back up unless someone comes and helps them. They're pressed out of measure. They have, they have no ability to lift that. They, they may have to roll it off their body, but they're not lifting it off their body. Paul's saying here that I am pressed out of measure. Here's what it says. Above strength. Now watch what he does. In so much that we despaired even of life. He said, I'm ready to die. So, so if you can say Paul, well, Paul had it. Paul did not have it easy Paul was given more than he could physically handle to the place where he just wanted to go ahead and die. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Watch this. Are they ministers of Christ? Watch this phrase here. I speak as a fool. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. I am in labors more abundant in stripes. Watch this phrase here. Above measure. Stripes. Beatings, if you would. Above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths, plural, oft. In other words, I have often been at the doorstep of death. I have been beaten. In fact, he says, of the Jews, listen to this. Five times received I 40 stripes, save one. So that means that if you look at a Roman uh, uh, beating or flagon, where they would take either a cat of nine tails, or some say a cat of three, they would beat him, two uh, men, Roman soldiers, would beat one after the other on a, either a stretched back of the Apostle Paul, and I could go through the details and the gruesome details of what it would be like to be, uh, to be beaten like that, but they would beat their prisoners 40 times, most of the time, when they would beat them to the 40th stripe, they would expire or die. So it would be in the 
desire of the Roman guard or the Roman one that would be beating him to do that. In fact, it is said in history that if they did not die on the 40th stripe, that the Roman soldiers were killed. So what they were beating him because they themselves would have been killed if the one that they were beating would not die. So what they would do not to kill the prisoner is they would back off one stripe and they would beat them 39 times instead of 40 times. Paul says here of the Jews five times I received stripes, 40 stripes, save one. That's a lot of stripes. Thrice I was beaten with rods. So in addition to the five times of 39, he was beaten now with three times with rods. He was stoned one time. Thrice, we have one time in the Bible that we have it recorded, he suffered shipwreck. A day and a night I have been in the deep. What does that mean? He was at the point of death, if not many believe that he was indeed in heaven, seeing things in heaven that he could not legally talk about. Then he says, in journeyings often, perils of water, and perils of robbers, and perils of my own countrymen, and perils of heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea. Are you listening? Paul had a difficult ministry. I mean, beside all those things at the end of the verse, uh, you'll find here that, that, that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So in addition to all the things that I have to deal with, he says, I've got the care of all the churches, the burden of all the churches. Yet in spite of all those trials, despite of all those tribulations and burdens, Paul says here in this pa- passage, I'm not losing heart. I'll faint. I'm not going to faint. Now, is there anyone here that can echo that statement? If you're watching online, I don't know about you. I don't think there's anyone that could be honestly, uh, be honest and say, I've never been discouraged. All of us have been discouraged. All of us have had those times where we're done. That's a New Jersey term. I'm done. And we've always can be brought to a place where we're just ready to walk away. I don't think anyone could ever say what Paul says here. We faint not. We all have wanted to quit from time to time. We all just want to stop, give no more, because we feel we've just given all we can give. And I think all of us would kind of, when I, when I read through the book of Psalms and I read where David says, oh, that I had wings like an eagle, that I may fly away and be at rest. I think all of us would like to sprout wings sometimes and just fly away and just go somewhere else. The problem is you have to land. That's the only problem about flying. But if we be honest, we all would have to admit that, that, that there's times when we just want to throw it in and done. And I know I've been there. And I know you have been there. I know many good people have gone through these times. And while there's times when troubles are coming and afflictions are coming, and it seems like it's endless. And it seems like it's not going to end. And I'm, for, I'm, I'm far more interested in, in reaching a place that Paul reached here. And I'm far more interested in reaching this place where I can say, we faint not. That's a very interesting confident statement that Paul makes here. And, and to me, I look at this, as you look at this, uh, this first point, this is not cocky statement. This is not a prideful statement. This is a very confident statement. We faint not. So he knows something that I need to know. Number two, not only is it a confident statement, you'll find here there's an unfortunate reality. Look back in 2 Corinthians 4, and we'll look in verse number 16. This is the second part of this verse, but look what it says. Few words, but very interesting phrase. But though our what? Outward man perish. Now that is an unfortunate reality. As I've already said, we're not to lose heart. And the reason why many times we do lose heart is because of that very thing right there. The outward man is perishing. And so he identifies a common struggle that all of us have to deal with, and that's us, our our bodies. And and the the reason it's so easy to lose heart is because this thing that we live in is, is in a sense, dying. It's perishing. 
It encompasses both the body, the mind, and it's the result of aging and of sin. It's stripping away our joy. It strips away our hope. It strips away our peace. It strips away the heart and the mind. I talked to my mother the other day. As she's getting older, my father is getting older. And she said, as I've heard many of the older saints of God say in the past, getting old is not for sissies. And boy, and my mom is anything but a sissy. She says, it is tough. It is tough. Why? Because there's something happening to the outward man that they cannot change. It is perishing. Uh, and the word perish means to uh, rot, it means to ruin, it means to corrupt, it means to be destroyed. It, it has the same idea that you'll find other places that same word is being used that every day of our life we're being destroyed by the outward man. Problems and, and burdens and trials are constantly being thrown at the outward man. And that's why we're so prone to lose heart. We're so prone because our outer man is continuing to perish. It's continuing to be corrupted. It's continuing to be destroyed. And so the destruction of the outer man is interesting that Paul identifies. I don't know what the problem is. It's this outer man. This man is being destroyed. And, And watch this. The destruction of this man comes from two sources. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I know you're, you, you don't have that much time. But uh, number one, it's because of the fallen nature. The, the whole nature, natural world is under a curse. I, I had the opportunity to do uh, Albert Gonzalez's funeral this week. And by the way, we had three people raise their hand for salvation in that funeral. What a blessing. What a blessing. But I talked about the nature of man. The, the world, as we know it, is under a, a curse. The, the, the reason why our brother, Brother Rogers, in heaven is, is, is because of the curse that started in Genesis uh, chapter 3. The reason why we have pain and suffering and corruption and death is because the entire creation is groaning and travailing and paying together until now. Why? Because we're waiting for the redemption, the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We're waiting for the change. We're waiting for the resurrection. And so the shocking statement that we hear once in a while, that, that you've got to be careful not to soundbite me here, but we're sort of saved in stages I mean, we're saved. When you're saved, you're always saved. You're never going to lose that. In fact, First John chapter 5, verse 12 says that he that hath the Son hath life. Do you realize when you got saved, you got eternal life right now? Praise God for that. But you are in a sense still in this body. You're still in this, this, uh, this earthen vessel. And so though you're saved, though you're on your way to heaven, you're not there yet. You're waiting. You're saved. You're forgiven. You're justified. Jesus paid it all on that cross at the empty tomb. And, but you're still in this body. And that body is your enemy. That body is full of corruption. That body is full of death. Everyone listening this morning, saved or lost, one day will waste away. It's a promise. In fact, the Bible says is, it is appointed unto men wants to die. We will waste away. We will die. We might die of old age. We might slip into eternity in our sleep. We might die as a child or as a young adult. We might have a sudden heart attack. We might get cancer. We might waste away that way. We might be consumed by Alzheimer's. We, we might die suddenly in a car wreck. We might be struck by lightning. We might leave this world in any, any way of, any way of a thousand ways. But the outward man, Paul saying, is perishing perishing because of the sin curse. But I want to remind you that we're not just made up of the outward man. There's something different. There's something more. There's something more than what we can see. In fact, Paul says in verse number seven, we have this treasure. 
Y'all with me today? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What does that mean? Earthen vessel would be like a, a jar, a, a clay jar. But inside the clay jar, the clay jar doesn't have a lot of value. I mean, it's just an earthen vessel. It's made out of mud. It's kind of uh, it's a pottery. But, but inside this earthen vessel, there's something very, the Bible calls a treasure. It's something very valuable. So while we are perishing, this earthen vessel is cracking. This earthen vessel is falling apart. There's something inside that vessel that's very valuable. That is, we are all going to live our lives in this very fragile earthen vessel. But one day that vessel is going to break. One day that vessel is going to fade away. One day the uh, nature of life and, and uh, we're going to live for a while. And uh, one day our bodies, though right now they may be strong, though they may be disease free, one day there's going to come a time where the outward man dies. He dies. He's rotting right now. He is broken right now. He is dying right now. He is going to ruin right now. He's being in the process of being destroyed, and that is perishing. It's coming from a sin curse. It's coming from the outer man being destroyed by fallen man. Another element of the world's curse is that if the nature, the fallen nature doesn't get you, fallen people will. And that, Paul, Paul does mention that. Fallen people, by the way, let us down. Fallen people hurt our feelings. Fallen people fail the Lord. Fallen people can hurt us physically. Fallen people can hurt us verbally and emotionally and spiritually. It causes us to lose heart. You can mark this down. Many people that are no longer serving God like they used to serve God, it can be either traced to two things. One, their, man, their outward man is just perishing or the fallen man has caused them to quit. That's Paul's experience. He, he said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We've got people problems. In fact, he says, uh, we're, we are perplexed but not despaired. Watch this, persecuted. In verse number eight, persecuted. What does that mean? People. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down. What does that mean? Someone's casting you down. And so the point is this is that that is many people's experience tonight, today, is that you've been, you've been hurt by a failing body, you've been hurt by failing people, and it is easy to come to a place where you just want to quit. But you don't have to be defeated. You don't have to come to that uh, unfortunate statistic that I think the average person lasts in church about seven years. The average pastor lasts in a church, a pulpit, for seven years. I mean, the statistics for even missionaries are less than that. People get offended. People get hurt. People quit all the time. There's a lot of used to, if you would, Sunday school teachers, a lot of used to preachers, a lot of used to disciplers, a lot of used to soul winners all over the place. Used to work in the nursery, used to do that, used to teach Sunday school. And they're all over communities, all over this nation, all over the world. And they're no longer in the fight. But you don't have to be one of those who used to be faithful. You don't have to be one of those that used to be in ministry. You don't have to be one of those that used to be active. You don't have to be one of those that used to be those that were actively looking for the lost. You can reach a place where you can press on in spite of what is pressing on you. And that is where Paul takes us. So he makes a confident statement in verse number four, verse number one, verse number 16. He makes a unfortunate reality. He understands the unfortunate reality of of the outward man perishing. But here's what the message is all about. And that is this wonderful principle. At the end of verse number 16, 17 and 18, there's incredible principles here that will help us to have that confidence that Paul has. And I think what we need, and we need to come to a place where, where we reach that place where we can say, not cock, in a cocky way, not in a, a prideful way, but in a very principled-based way that I will not quit. I want to come to that place. I want to come to that place where regardless of what is going on in me, I'm not going to quit. Regardless of what is going on around me, I'm not going to quit. And that's where 
this takes us. Look at verse number 16. Last part. Watch this phrase here. Yet, verse number 16, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Can I use this word secret? I don't like to use the word secret or key or anything like that, but it is very interesting that this principle of not losing heart involves three very, very important realizations. Number one, number one, don't lose me. Stay with me. The inner man is different than the outer man. So watch it. Here's the principle. The inner man needs to be fed. The inner man needs to be fed. He's different than the outer man. The outer man eats different food than he, than the, we, we know that. Uh, but the inner man needs to be fed. And it's interesting, this inward man, the Bible says in verse 16, is renewed day by day. Now watch this. The outer man is dying. The outer man is corrupting. The outer man is being destroyed. And we can all relate to that. We all can feel that. We all, as we get older, understand he grows weaker. Uh, he's, he's, we get closer to the grave. But the contrast to the older, the outer man is this interesting inner man. This inner man can be, watch this, renewed. I like the word here, regenerated, uh, re, uh, re, uh, uh, re, uh, revised, if you would, day by day, renovated. <laughs> inner man is given strength, different than the outer man. The outer man's dying, but this inner man is interesting. He's given strength to face the trials and the difficulties of life. That's why God says in, or Jesus said in Matthew 6, 23, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Do you realize there's enough evil in a day? There's a lot of evil in one day. Tomorrow we're going to wake up, there's going to be evil. There's evil today, there's evil tomorrow. Sufficient is the day of evil. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There's going to be evil every day. And so while every day brings with it its unique problems, its unique set of evil circumstances, every day comes with its own measure of difficulty, but every day also can be met with grace from the hand of God the Father in heaven, and as he gives us this promise to have grace, to have a renewal day by day. Not day to day, not day after day, but interesting phrase, day by day. That's why Lamentations chapter 3 says this, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Wow, what a realization of that is. Then he says this, they are new every morning. Isn't that good? Every morning, the mercy of God is new. And as thy days in Deuteronomy 23, 25, so shall thy strength be. That's why the apostle Paul had that infirmity of the flesh. He asked the Lord to take it away from him. And the Lord said, no, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I was discipling Tim Marshall. By the way, finished with Tim Finally, amen, finally, and we just rejoice together. We finished online, praise God. We finished with this verse in Luke 9, 23. It says this, I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is the Lord's, and, and, and uh, verse 23, it says, and he said unto them all, if any man, Jesus says, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Interesting. So we don't live year to year, although we live year to year. We don't live decade to decade, although we live decade to get decade. But spiritually speaking, we live spiritually day by day. And I believe this. I believe we can measure our spirituality. I think there's ways to measure that. I think there's ways for us to physically say, hey, I'm doing better than I was last year. I'm doing better than I was 10 years ago. But you do not grow Year after year or decade after decade, you can maybe measure it that way. But no, you only grow one way, and that is day by day. The only way you're going to do it. 
The inner man needs to be fed. He needs to be renewed. He needs to have food. And we need to understand that this is not a one-time drink. This is not one of those things where you just take one drink and it's going to be good for... That's like the person who comes to church once a year or once every six months and says, you know what, I'm going to tempt God or I'm going to tip God. I'm going to come in and I'm going to get my little charge to go another six months. No child of God can live on four or five days a year of spiritual food. You can't do it. You can't do it. Just as you can't go too long without eating a burger and a steak and French fries and all the other good food for your outer man, you need something for that inner man. You all here today? I'm getting my strength back. We are renewed day by day. So the Lord, Lord offers us something interesting. He offers us a fountain. A fountain from which we can drink every day. A fountain that we can come. Say, I need something. Sufficient is a day of evil. I mean, there's going to be evil today. You know what I'm going to need today? I'm going to need grace. I'm going to need mercy. I'm going to need strength. And the Lord offers us that drink every day. (laughs) You know, what a a type. I just thought about this. The manna in the Old Testament. You You only could eat it that day. It was rotten. It, it actually stank. It was, it was horrible the next day. You had to eat it that day. And that's how God works. Day by day. Drinking from that fountain, he offers a promise of the inner man to be renewed, to be refreshed day by day. Even while the outer man's dying, the outer man is perishing. He's getting weaker and weaker. And each day has its own troubles. Each day has its own demands. But each day can be a day that you can be renewed by God's grace. God's grace. No one can spiritually last without the inner man being fed. He is renewed by fresh fuel, fresh food, fresh medicine. Listen, it means that you need to feed on the word of God daily. You need to pray daily. Every day to your father. You, you need to have fellowship with the saints. If you can. Every day. You need to be going to church. You need to be coming online. You need a fresh supply of God's grace every day. Because you cannot live a spiritual life. A victorious life. And starve that inner man. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's why ladies and gentlemen. Turn off the news. Do you realize this? I'm not saying you can't watch news. I'm saying, Pastor, I'm saying this. We feed on death all the time. It's like a guy going down the road down in uh, southern Ohio and seeing a dead deer on the side of the road that's been there for two weeks and saying, honey, I want you to cook that up for supper tonight. And can you imagine? I mean, yeah, okay, let's put it in the back of the truck and go home and let's get that thing skinned and let's go ahead and put that on the table tonight. That is eating death. It's like watching Fox News and CNN and all the conspiracy theories and the gossips and all the, no, 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 no. Your inner man needs life. Your inner man will starve if you give it the wrong food. And the wrong food is anything other than the word of God. Wrong food can destroy the inner man. That's why a lot of folks struggle. Listen, we're seeing spikes in anxiety, spikes in depression, spikes in fear, spikes in suicide, alcohol, drug addiction. Why? I'm talking about God's people, Christians. It is connected to what you are feeding that inner man. And wrong food can destroy the inner man. And just like we feed our bodies, we need to feed that inner man. That inner man needs help. He needs strength. That's why he says here in verse number 16, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. Don't lose heart. And you don't lose heart by feeding the inner man. The second reality, and I got two more and we're done. Number one, the inner man needs fed. Number two, this is interesting, Roz, listen to this. Nothing that we face in life will last forever. Second principle, look in verse number 17. I wish I could spend a lot of time here, but we're running out of time. Here's what it says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Light affliction. Whoa. 
wait a minute, Paul, you were beat five times with 39 stripes. You were beat three times with rod. You were stoned one time. You suffered shipwreck three times. You had troubles everywhere you went. And yet you call this light. I don't think that's light. And he says it's light affliction and it refers to tribulation, refers to trouble, refers to pressure. And the word light means easy. So here Paul says this pressure that he was under is easy. I don't think I would be in agreement with that unless he is seeing something different than I'm able to see. In verse number 8 of 2 Corinthians 1, here's what it says. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, as I said before. He says they pushed him beyond his natural limits, and literally it was light. Now, why did he say that? Because in verse number 17, the word here uh, says, worketh, watch what it says, which is but for a moment. Verse number 15, for our light affliction, which is but for a what? Moment. Now, moment, it shows you a time, not a long time, moment, small amount of time. Here's what it's doing. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, Paul was saying that the problems of life, they may seem heavy right now. This is heavy for Roz. She's going into widowhood. This is heavy. It's a heavy trial for the family. It's a heavy trial for those that are under affliction right now. It's heavy. But, but the burdens we think that we're going to break under They're actually doing something that is going to, according to this, work for us far more exceeding in the eternal weight of glory. In other words, as the Apostle Paul over in Romans says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So, So how's Paul saying this? Paul is looking at troubles and difficulties as light affliction because he's able to see it from a different perspective. Nothing that we face here is worthy to be compared to the glory we will experience there. That's what he's saying. Our problem is this. We hear this and we say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, man. What we believe is what we see. What we believe is what we feel. What we believe is what we believe is pressure we feel. And we think it's anything, anything but easy. You never hear a believer testify about their problems and say, well, that was pretty easy. That cancer was no big deal. But the reason Paul could say this and the reason why we can't is all a matter. And I'm saying this biblically. It really is all a matter of perspective. We have our eyes here and now, which is very natural. Paul had his eyes on the there and then. He, ha- he had his eyes on the hereafter. And that's why verse 18, Paul revealed the secret. I'm not losing heart. I'm not quitting. I'm not going to faint. Why? He says, because my outward man perished, but I've got something going on inside that I can't explain. <laughs> It is renewed day by day. It's light affliction. This is nothing. It is merely here for a short time, and one day it will pass away. That's why the Bible says weeping may endure for a night. And I'm sure that was done a lot here, many weeping. I think of many others that are hurting tonight, many over Trinity Baptist Church going through a very difficult time in their church. Weeping may endure for a night, but but joy cometh in the morning. So the secret for uh, not losing heart is very simple. It's not maintaining the proper, you know, the proper diet and all that because that thing's dying, but it's maintaining a proper perspective. And I think we need to ask, Lord, to get your eyes off what you can see because he then contrasts the eternal with the temporal in the very next verse. So how do, I, how do I get what Paul had? Number one, we need to understand the inner man needs fed. Ladies and gentlemen, do you read your Bible every day? Do you have prayer time every day? Are you with God's people when you can be with God's people? Feeding that inner man. What kind of music do you listen to? I talked to a rocker, a rocker, a lady. She said, I just have depression. I'm always in depression. I always have a hard time. It's always dark. And I'm looking up at her, at her, at her wall. She says she's a Christian. But up on her wall and had a picture of, I don't know, the old... 
uh, an old rock group, ACDC or something like that. And, and, uh, and I said, can I ask you a question? I said, I'm not, I'm not being nosy. And I said, you don't go to our church. But I said, can I just ask you a question? Um, what kind of mu- music do you listen to? Oh, oh, well, I'm an old rocker. And I said, what is that? Oh, I listen to, uh, I listen to all the old rock songs, and I love them. And I said, well, there's, there's one problem right there. And she got, off- she got offended at that. She got angry. Would not come back to church because I told her her music was affecting her spirit. Listen, the inner man needs to be fed, and you are not going to feed that with death and think that life is going to come from it. It needs to be fed. And Paul said, I, there's something that's happening inside that I can't explain. The outer man's perishing. I'm having something happening here that's being renewed, and it's being renewed daily. And we live by day by day. Number two is nothing we face in this life will ever last forever. Number three, lastly, and we're, go, we're going home, or you're going to stay home. Number three, everything we face in life. Now, this is where I love. Watch this. Everything we face in life, no matter what it is, has meaning, has purpose. That's why verse 17, watch what it says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now watch this. I already mentioned it. Worketh for us a, more, a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. It's an amazing statement. But things happen in our lives we often look at and they seem meaningless. As I would ask, why, why Roger? Um, why, not, why not someone else? Why, why our brother? And not meaning that I want someone else to be hurt, but the question always plagues us in these times is that what, what is the purpose of this? There is a big purpose. We wonder how anything that painful, that senseless, if you would, that tragic can have any meaning, but it really does. There's a big picture. If you're a child of God, nothing that happens in your life is meaningless. Everything that takes place in all of your life has a plan that God is working. I was looking at my screen watching Tim Marshall. And I think we've been together almost two years. And we went through the whole student journey. And we finished the, uh, the, the journey manual uh, yesterday. And, and we were looking at each other. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish someone would have told me what I'm telling this young man when I was his age. That there is a better way to live than for yourself. There's a better way to live than for the temporal. And have a, always an eternal perspective in everything that you do. God didn't save you to make you happy. God didn't save you just to bless you. He saved you to make you like Jesus. And that is his eternal purpose. To glorify God. And that's why Paul said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. The blessing here is that nothing in your life as a Christian is meaningless. Nothing. Nothing. Some things appear to be that way. But nothing. Nothing at all. And so those three perspectives that we need to feed the inner man. That everything in this life is only temporal. And that everything that happens in this life is for a purpose. Wrapping that principle together, folding it into my life. Watch this. The old man, the outer man is going to do what he's going to do. He's going to perish. But I can be renewed day by day. Day by day. And keeping those realities, if you would, in your mind. When cancer comes and drains away your life, it's not meaningless. When your heart breaks and your dreams shatter, It's not meaningless. When your loved one dies at the hands of a perhaps drunk driver, even that is not meaningless. When your car fails mechanically and someone you love dies, it's not meaningless. Pastor, if you're watching, when you struggle with problems in your ministry, it's not meaningless. Parents, when you struggle with your children and their decisions, As difficult as that is, it's not meaningless. When the tragedies of life pile one after the other on you, and you are broken, you are weary, you're battered, it is not meaningless. Why? 
It is working for you. Eternal weight of glory. What is that? I don't fully understand that, but it's got to be good. Weight has the idea of, of, of substance. Glory has the idea of eternal joy, eternal rewards. So whatever is happening in this life, there, it's, it's, actually, it's actually working as an investment in your life. It's actually working for you. Eternal weight of glory. So how, how do I not lose heart? We're doing it every day. Feed that new man. Every day realize the life that I'm living is temporal. And every day live with the understanding that whatever happens, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. That's how Paul could say this. Now, if you're joining us online, I want you to know if you're a child of God, whatever you're going through, this message is for you. This message is for all of us. But if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, if I died, I don't, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. And I'd like to know that one day I'd be where Roger Lenhart is with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to know that. And you can. We'd love to share with you the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we'd like for you if you would just reach out to us and let us have a conversation with you. Let us talk with you one-on-one and open to you the word of God that you would, you would also understand what it is to have life, have abundant life. No matter what's happening around you, you're full of joy. And as a child of God, as a child of God, listen, no matter what happens in life, you're on the winning side. <laughs> no matter what happens in your, 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 your heartache, you're on the winning side. And one day we're all going to look back at this and say, wow, that was light affliction. And it was just but for a moment while we're all together in heaven singing to the glory of God. Holy, holy, holy. What a day that's going to be. And I appreciate all those that have come on today and joined us. I do appreciate all this being able to sing together and remember those wonderful songs, the songs of Zion, the songs of heaven. And I do this morning realize that not, uh, not everyone that listens is saved. But please, please. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins, and he wants to be your savior. Would you come to him today? And for a child of God, say, Pastor, here's the decision I need to make. I need to, re- I need to feed this man every day. Perhaps you're so filled with the death of this life, you need to be filled with life, the word of God. Do you read this every day? Do you have an eternal perspective on life, and do you realize that everything that happens in your life is for a purpose? That's renewal. <laughs> Renovated. <laughs> New, every day, day by day.